This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So this isn't really the type of episode that we want to be recording. However, we cannot avoid the matter and the position that our beloved football club currently finds itself in. Myself and Davo are joined by two representatives from Hust in Ed Parkinson and Ali Shepherd, who reached out to us last week asking about the possibility of recording an episode where they could perhaps give fans more of an insight into the meeting that took place with Raj and their own plans for the support trust moving forward. Firstly, let's start with you, Ali. Welcome onto the podcast. Perhaps you could just give us a bit of a background into how you got into pools, how you've been following them, key memories, that type of thing. And then Ed, if you want to follow on from that. Yeah, well, um, I'm um well, I'm 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 an old bloke, so um I've, I've been gone since kind of probably like mid-80s or something like that. Um, you know, used to go um actually one of my mates, his dad was Alan Stevenson, who was who was our keeper at the time, kind of uh, mid-80s. So I used to get to go on like um just kind of see behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and then we used to, um, well, funnily enough, when I was at High Tunstall, we used to sit up in the uh, northwest corner, but it was um, there weren't so many people up back then, and it was quite a cold place. And um, But I suppose it's really kind of 1990, you know, getting getting promoted and all that season, um, which is just like the memories are just like unreal. And, and kind of once you have that, it just, you know, that's it. You just caught up in it all, aren't you? And, and uh, yeah, you go from there. You know, what you, Ed, that's over. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm even older than Ali, so I go back to the 70s, to be honest. Uh, my granddad was uh, club secretary for donkey's years from like the 1930s right through the 70s. So I was I can't remember my first Pills match. I got taken as soon as uh, I was old enough to not be annoying, to be honest. Um, and then I've been a Pills fan ever since. Um, not always getting to matches I lived abroad for a while and things like that but um I'm, I've always gone to matches whenever I'm in the country and uh yeah just been a Pools fan ever since I was a tiny kid um Willie Waddle was my first Pools idol and uh and then yeah but I mean there's been some great times um but there was some hard times as well well so, now we've got the fun of it yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, now we've got the formalities out of the way, so to speak. Ed, perhaps you can just let listeners know who and what Hartlepool United Supporters Trust is. Yeah, I mean, basically, we're an organisation that uh, wants supporters to be represented. Uh, and, and we kind of believe the only way supporters can really be properly represented at a football club is to 
a little stake in that football club and to be represented hopefully at board level so that you can so that there's a proper way of fans being in touch. I mean that survey that came out recently that showed that Pools had some of the worst engagement with fans out of all of the clubs that were in the football league. I think the survey was done when we were still in the league. Um, that's awful for a relatively small club to be out of touch with its fans like that. And and really, that's what the Supporters Trust is primarily about. Um, a formal way of getting a stake in the club. Uh, it doesn't mean ownership. Um, it doesn't mean trying to run things. It just means getting a proper formal place on the board so there's a proper way that fans can be considered and thought about at every stage in the decision-making for the club. Um, and really, that's what we're about. I mean, there's lots of different views, lots of different opinions. A lot of us are members of other associations and stuff like that as well. I mean, I'm I'm in the supporters association because I think the corner flag's great, raises some money for youth football, um, and it's a very cheap place to go for a pint before the match. So there's nothing incompatible with that, but the trust is specifically about getting that formal representation for fans. Yeah, I think that, I mean there's all, there's all sorts of things that you know that that, that you know we, we should, can and should have a voice on. You know, it might be you know issues around ground ownership, just understanding what's happening there, investment priorities. You know, you know team colours, catering the match day experience. All I think all of these things. You know, when when you've got fans involved and and have an input, you, you can help the club. It's about you know supporting the club. This is not kind of being against the club the whole time in any way, shape, or form. Um, and there's so many clubs who have this kind of model where that, um, you know, really maximise their income and, and, you know, kind of punch above the weight, really, in, in terms of kind of league um, positions. I think, you know, I think there's, um, you know, transparency as well, just around, you know, how, um, you know, finances at the clubs, you know, tr- what, you know, really, I suppose, we're trying to avoid situations like, you know, with, with Coxall, you know, a few, few years ago and, and kind of not knowing kind of what's going on behind the scenes. So we think... Um, you know, we, we we think having a trust helps with all those sorts of issues. Ali, I think this is probably a pressing question that all those listeners will want to know. Why is Hust something that fans should get involved in? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's really like the, the trust is a, is a mechanism really for, um, you know, saving money to invest into the club. So there's a proper kind of legal framework about it. This is kind of the boring bit. Um, you know, it's a it's a you know, democratic organisation. So, you know, members of the trust um, vote for who are on the board if if they don't like us, if we're not doing a good job. Um, well, you just, you know, you have, you have other people come in. Um, it's not about kind of individuals. So, you know, I think that's a real sort of positive thing. But, you know, I think the current current board, uh, we're all first and foremost fans of, of the club. And, and um, I think, you know, we really believe in, in, in some of the things we've just been saying. Um you know, we just see pools as being central to the community. It's so important for the town that we've got a thriving um, club. Um, and, uh, you know, as I'd alluded to there, you know, the, the, all the different groups do kind of absolutely fantastic work. And I think we're complementary, you know, to that. Um, yes, there's kind of the, the sort of the legal framework and, and, and that kind of side of it. But from a community point of view, the trust also promotes a lot of community initiatives. So we, for instance, we have a community ticket fund. Um, we've been able to, uh, you know, bring people to the match who might not have come or, or might have difficulties getting to the ground. So we work with, you know, uh, you know, autism charities, um, LGBT groups who come along to the ground. Um, 
uh, Down syndrome kids, you know, came along, we kind of arranged all that, and, and, and many others really. So, you know, we, we, we're just about promoting the club in the community. Um, but, you know, first, you know, alongside um, giving that voice for fans. Following on just, from that, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say just just one thing to add on about that is we, I think as fans, we often talk about our club um, and I think sometimes it's good if we can actually do stuff. So for, uh, I'll give you a quick example. We we thought in the trust at one point, like, hang on, it's a bit bad. Pools never do anything for Black History Month. They, they just never did. So we did an article, but then said to the club, like, yeah, you want to use it? Fine. And we ended up, we had the article in like a double page in the programme and stuff like that. And we ended up with a couple of former players getting in touch with us and saying like, oh, thanks, that was great and stuff like that, because for once, Pools actually embraced the fact that there is a tradition of black players at the club um, and things which hadn't been talked about. Uh, and so you can, it's not like the club are dead stubborn all the time. They were quite open to the idea, but they just needed a push. I think the same has been true with initiatives like Her Game 2 and things like that. Um, they, they were wanting to get set up, and the trust, we were like very keen on the idea and said, yeah, great. And then the club ended up embracing it, which is fantastic. It's not about being anti. It's sometimes about saying, look, there's a, it is our club. There's a good thing we can do here. Let's do it together. And, and you know, that's, that's part of it as well, just being prepared to make an effort to improve things. So following on from that, either of you can answer this one, but what are the objectives of HUST? Do you want to go, Ali? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think well, just first, first and foremost is is that um, you know th- that fan representation through um, having uh, a stake um, in in the club. So you know we've we've been for for a number of years kind of saving an, an investment pot, which is intended to for for that purpose, and it's kind of protected and um, for that purpose. So that 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 allows us to buy kind of a, a, a shareholding really in in the um, in the club. And that um, that's a way just to um, just have real representation uh, and that real sort of closeness. Um, I think you know we've got to trying to represent the views of all fans. It's just you know you, you could, no group could possibly kind of do that. Um, but I think the model we have with it being de- democratic and a, and a membership, um, you know, we we think that's a good way to um, try and reflect what at least what our members. Um, um, Kind of think and want, and they they've got people they can get in touch with. They've got individuals who who um, they can speak to directly to raise issues on their behalf. And we've done that many times. You know, we've written to the club and, and asked about uh, you know all, all sorts of issues. I and mean, I think we um, we wrote to Mister Singh um, not so not so long ago to um, we had some um, I suppose questions just about the direction of the club and, and that resulted in us having a Q&A which, which involves all the all the groups in, in 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 the in the club but um that was actually a really good thing you know and I, I think um you know I think it helps the owners to have that dialogue it's not just fans you know I'm, I'm keen to kind of say this it's not just fans kind of having a go at the owner they get to ask the questions they they hear the other side of things as well um and I think that's a really kind of healthy thing so um I think you know that that's that's the main objective really is is to 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 get fans kind of central to kind of decision making I guess. Do, do you want to add to that at all? Yeah, just the, the only thing I'd say to add to that is like what that means in practice is 
one, you keep the club safe. If you've got support or representation on the board, you know what's going on with the people who buy into the club. Um, and you wouldn't get a situation like we had with Coxall, for example. Um, that can't happen because you've got somebody who has a legal right to access to the books and what's going on on the financial side, not to make all the decisions, but to have a look because they've got a proper place at the table. So you go from a position of asking for information and asking for assurances to having access to know what's happening and that can help to keep a club really safe. And then on the other side of it, you can help to drive the club forward. And a fan voice is like, it's a really important asset to a football club. It's not, um, it's, it's not a drag on the club. Which business doesn't want to know if you, if I hate talking about clubs as businesses, but which business doesn't want to know what its customers think? Um, it's if you, clubs should be desperate to have fans involved in decision making yeah. because I mean, it will help them to make the club better for the people that they want through the doors. Um, so you know, I mean, those are that's it for me. Keep it yeah, safe. I think, I mean, you, you look at this, you look at some of the clubs if, if you know that that have a kind of a minority stakeholding. So, you know, we, we were we were speaking to um, Barrels Trust kind of recently and they've been kind of really helpful. And you, you look at that club, they, they've more than doubled their attendance, you know, in the last um, couple of years. Um, you know, they're heading to a better place, you know, financially. And it's not it's not been easy, but I think the fans have really bought into the idea that it's, that it's their club. Um, you know, other, other clubs with the, that have this kind of model, you've got Luton, you know, you know, look, 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 look what's happened to them in the last, you know, so, I don't know, was it six, seven years? Um, Lincoln, um, again, f- you know, fans bought into this this model, and uh, you know, you saw the crowds increase. They, they had, they've had some kind of great runs, and um, Wickham, Norwich, you know, they're all examples of clubs with, um, you know, have that have a minority stake, and and fans kind of understand where the club's going um, and you really buy into that, I think. Yeah, I think you both touched on some really key points there and something that we've perhaps reiterated quite a few times on this podcast and certainly away from the podcast as well, that the fans, you know, you referred to it there, Ed, as a football being a business. Strictly, it is a business. You know, if we if we don't go to games, they don't get the revenue from that and then the football club cannot run. But it's that idea that it is our club, like it's the town's club. It's supposed to be the town's club. It's something that is so vital to the community. And this is why when we talk about situations arising like it is and having this buy-in and doing, you know, getting episodes out like this where we speak to people who really do care about the future of the football club are so important. Now, Ed, you went on to Radio Tees and spoke to Rob Law last week, and I don't want to take away from that and... I would point any of you guys who are listening um, to that, if you can access it, it's well worth a listen. But perhaps you could just briefly summarise some of the key points from the meeting that you had with the chairman and the kind of implications that that has. And something that I'd quite like to clarify personally is when I was listening to the interview, there was kind of a few different timescales bandied about. And I don't expect you to give us the exact timescales, but... There was a couple that you mentioned and just perhaps for the people who've listened or are yet to listen, you could give some clarity around those as well. Yeah, I mean, the the, the first thing about the meeting, I think, to mention was um, 
it was a very amicable meeting. Um, we, we were invited in. Um, we were, uh, you know, been told we'll talk to you openly about things. We didn't know exactly what we were going to be talking about on the way in, but we thought it was, you know, well, maybe this is quite important because, um, you know, we, we were told, look, it's to do with the future of the club. Um, and, and you know, if you can come in, it's quite short notice, but we'd appreciate it if you could get there. So we went in um, and the first thing he was very, very keen to make clear was that he would like to leave. Um, and that this was about trying to find an organised way of doing it that would leave the club in safe hands. Um, he's He said he meant what he said in the past when he said he'd been, he'd like to leave, he'd like to sell up, but there hadn't been a buyer. Um, he felt that the, um, partly because of the kind of uh, abuse he's been getting, um, he, he said he wasn't enjoying the match anymore, didn't even enjoy coming to the match um, and would like to leave the club as soon as he reasonably can with the big qualifier that he said, look, but I don't, I don't want it to be a fire sale. I don't want to leave the club in the lurch. So I'm asking you, like, are you interested? Do you think you can do anything? Um, at which point we basically said we can look into it. We don't think there's an appetite for full fan ownership um, when we don't think we've got the finances in place to to take over the club at, just as a supporters trust. But we'll certainly try to find partners. Um, and this is where the timescales uh, come into it. Um, basically, Mr Singh made it clear he does not want to hang around if he can avoid it. Um, and And I think it's fair to say he was pretty much saying, look, I'm not going to hang around indefinitely. So here's your opportunity. And what we were talking about was getting back to him within a few weeks with a proposal where we could say, look, we've got some interested parties. We've decided on a way we, we think this is feasible and we can do it. We're serious. At this point, can we now start digging down into the books and finding out exactly what the finances are like and stuff like that? Um, he gave us a lot of assurances about the finances and, and told us what the situation was and what we could expect and uh, how he would be flexible about restructuring his debt, perhaps, because there is some debt to his other companies. Um, and was quite open about the running costs and about how much he, he, he anticipates you have to put in. Now, obviously, if we get a group of people together who've got money to, to contribute. It's likely to be business people and stuff because that's who has that sort of money. Um, they'll want to go through the books and things like that themselves because nobody wants to agree to do something and then find out. Uh, I mean, actually, pretty much the situation uh, Raj Singh found himself in um, where he, he took over the club and then found out things were worse than he'd imagined. And you suddenly find the stress on your finances is is worse than you'd anticipated people don't want to do that so there'll be a real period of due diligence and things like that uh looking at stuff and then hopefully um we get the time to carry out a sensible kind of planned handover um and he said he was quite he was i wouldn't say happy was the right word he was prepared because he doesn't want it to be a fire sale um he was prepared to underwrite the club's losses for the period that the change of ownership takes but we're talking about you know months if you see what i mean whereas it's maybe weeks for us to be able to look like a serious option um and i suppose 
the the slight worrying thing in the background that I do think people need to take seriously is he didn't attract a buyer. And if this plan to put something together doesn't work, all right, a buyer could miraculously turn up. That's always possible. But I don't think he'll hang around forever. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he was here at the end of the season, whatever happens. Even if we said we can't do this, we, we can't get a group together. So it's very, very important that we do seize the opportunity. It could be a really good thing for the club. could be a smooth turnaround. We could get some great people involved. We could have fan representation. It could be really, really positive. But there is danger there if this doesn't work, which is why we really hope that supporters will back it. Whatever they've thought in the past about supporters' trusts, it's really not the time for daft arguments now. We really need to get together and show that we love the club and we're backing it and we're prepared to try and take it forward because I'm not sure there's going to be another good opportunity. We, we need to make the most of this one. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you put it like that, it does really kind of resonate and hopefully, you know, individuals who are listening to this understand the actual reality of the situation. I mean, when we were planning this episode on Saturday, I know I said to you, Ali, didn't I, that with the lack of a game for Pools due to being knocked out by Chester in the previous round of the FA Cup and with everything that's currently surrounding the club at the minute, it really did feel like a real stark reality check um, for a lot of people that this soon could be, you know, the harsh reality that we don't have Pools to watch on a Saturday if a resolution cannot be found. And, you know, all of that that you've discussed in the previous answer and what I've alluded to there naturally leads on to this next question. It's probably the million dollar question on top on the tip of everyone's tongue at the minute. But in your own personal opinion, starting with you, Ali, I know it's a big question, but how bleak um, is the future of the football club looking, if you can answer that? Well, I think again, as Ed said, there it's it's you know I think we've said amongst ourselves it's it's an opportunity and a and a challenge. You know, there's there's you know there are, I think Mister Singh was 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 very very fair and uh, in, in bringing us in and and was you know on the face of it kind of transparent. Um, you know, it's really important that we see the finances and. You know, we we have assurances that we are going to to see that, and I think that that's key to to getting other people to to buy in. Um, I think there will be, you know, enthusiasm from from um, people in the area for the club, and I think, um, you know, building 
you know, promoting the, the club as a, a community kind of asset, really, I think that will um, uh, that will attract people. Um, you know, I think there's people who kind of love the town and love the area um, would be attracted to 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 a club that's kind of thriving and it, it's you know represents the community and and um, and you know kind of brings happiness to people really. So I think that there's, there's people there to attract, but um, you know, not nothing nothing is certain. You know, we we, we are. You know, we are speaking to people, we are reaching out to people and we're doing that kind of systematically, really. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're a, and we need, you know, we, we, we do want the, the, you know, people to, um, uh, you know, could, you know, come to us really if, the, if, if they think they can, they can help. Um, but, you know, as I say, we're, we're, we're speaking to other, um, other clubs as well, um, who've been in a similar situation and, um, you know, we're speaking to them about how they they kind of dealt with it, how they've put consortiums together, what worked, what where the difficulties were. I think that's all kind of a, a learning, um, you know, kind of a learning process as well, which which will really help help this club. So, um, you know, we you know we're, we're cautiously optimistic that we that you know we can um, kind of make inroads into this. But yeah, there's there's certainly, as Ed said, a kind of a risk that um, you know you know the, the consortium doesn't work, and, that, and I think. You know, that, that all the fans need to, you know, they will. I'm sure they will. They love this club. They'll rally around the club and put it in its best light. And, that, and I think that's what we need, really. We need, um, you know, uh, you know, people coming to the match, you know, starting Saturday, um, getting behind the team. We need the team to be up the top of the league, you know, just from a purely footballing point of view. You know, if we're going to attract people, you know, if, if the team's successful, that that will help us as well. So getting behind the team is so, so, so important. Um you know, I think you know, and I think you know, everyone can buy into that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd I'd, I'd agree with Ali on that. Um, cautious optimism, but um, I think the optimism is really important. That I think it is a big opportunity. Um, it's not just a question. We don't want to be in that situation when where you like we need to save the club. Um, we want to be in a situation where we can say, let's have a better club. Let's build the club into the type of club that we want. Let's have a vibrant club. Let's have a club that fans are enthusiastic about, where you get that kind of building up of like goodwill between the fans and the club. So that if the results go wrong at some point, actually there's a bit of tolerance. People still feel it's their club and people still want to take it forward because football, you're never going to get unlimited success off on the pitch are you it's just not going to happen um there's always ups and downs but some clubs things go toxic when there's a down and that's usually because there's a a kind of schism between the top of the club and the fans um because people don't give a bit of leeway they don't because it's not it doesn't feel like theirs it doesn't feel like anyone's bothered about them and i think we can get that sort of club that is really inclusive that is is interested in everybody that really is part of its community we can help to build that and this is an opportunity for that to happen so on the one hand yeah i'm, I'm like it's dead exciting to be honest i mean came out with a meeting thinking whoa this is like it's possible it could be a real turning point in pool's history but then yeah you think but if we don't get things right there's real risk here and we could be back in a very bad position um you know, because I, I think, I think I, I felt he was being quite open and honest when he said, um, "I'm 
not enjoying it anymore. And I'm not going to keep throwing money at something that I no longer enjoy. I don't want to wreck the club. I want it to be done in a nice orderly manner. I'd like it to go into good hands. I mean, I mean, I feel Mr. Singh would like to go away as the person who who's stepped in, saved the club in its darkest hour, and then passed it on to other owners. And that would be a great legacy for him to have. There's plenty of owners have got a much worse legacy than that at pools, and not yeah, many would like better. Yeah, but, we, we um, and we want that for Mr. Singh, don't we? You know, we want we you know we we you know you know we want to. It's time at the club. We want to reflect, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the well, well on it, I suppose, really. But, um, but, yeah. but all that said, in the end, um, I, I really think he meant what he said that he won't keep putting money in indefinitely. It's a, it's a short-term underwriting of things so that we've got time to sort out a deal. Um, it's not. He's just going to keep spending. After listening to this, very briefly, as we are running out of time, if people strongly feel this is something that they want to support, i.e. the trust, and helping to keep the club on an even keel for someone to come in and take over, how do they do this? Join is the first thing. Um, even if you're a member of another organisation, join the trust. Because it, 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 at the minute, we're the only organisation that's legally set up to try to do this sort of thing. So be a member of absolutely whatever else you like but join the trust as well um it will give you it gives you full voting rights because at any point where we decide where the board of the trust decide we need to commit money everybody gets to vote on it we cannot spend the funds are ring fenced and we cannot spend them without the approval of the membership there'll be nobody wandering into a meeting promising to hand over hundreds of thousands of pounds on behalf of other people it's the membership will vote to decide so Join, go on the website, join up. Um, I think we're going to try and dish out some paper forms soon as well. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. People signed up on paper if they prefer that at the match. But if you want to join immediately, get straight on the website. There's a link there and just sign up online yeah. and you remember straight away. I think, you know, I think if I, if I could just talk about it, you know, I think it's it's it's. You know, we're reaching out to the other groups at the ground, and we said we'd do that to Mr. Singh. And and you know, I think you know what we do is kind of complementary to the other groups. You know, the so the club is so lucky to have you know kind of brilliant fans kind of doing all sorts. You've got Sports Association who are long-standing. You know, they're, they're focused on the youth setup traditionally. You know, the heart of the club, um, heart of our club. Sorry, you know the you know the committed supporters. You know, done some 
the, the youth alliance and the, you know some of the practical stuff on the ground and, and lots of other things that is really good the northwest corner we know what they can do they've added to the atmosphere you know that you know generally sort of younger lads have committed time and money to to something you know jill and, and the team at her game too you know c- promoting um involvement of, of girls and women and, and, and leadership in, in the club, Disabled Sports Association. I'm going to forget somebody now with the great lads at South East. I'll mention someone there. But I mean, it just goes to show that there's so many people who care about the club and doing, working hard for the club. And, you know, this, this is an absolutely fantastic kind of club. So we need to, I'm sure we will, you know, we'll, we'll come together around this opportunity and, and hopefully kind of build something kind of better really well fingers crossed but all that's left to do is to thank you both for your time obviously we both hope and the rest of the fan base hopes that the future isn't as bleak as it seems to be at the moment um but that's all for this episode of hfc chat as ever keep the faith back the boys and never say die we will see you in the next episode this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans